privacy and analytics and zero. I think after our session, hopefully everyone is aware of why this is important. And this is important for everyone. Maybe not as everyone wants to <laughs> do, do talk about uh, this, I think, internally. I don't know. Uh, depends on the company, I guess. Um, but definitely an important one. Uh, so for this topic, uh, first off, we have Aurelie Pols, data governance and privacy engineer. And we have uh, Rick Dronkers, independent consultant in marketing analytics. And as we already uh, heard from uh, from Arli, I, I suggest, Rick, what do you uh, have to say about this topic in general? Why, why are you here? Why are you a panelist? Um, I guess why I'm a panelist is uh, I've been forced to uh, handle this topic a lot in my profession. That's how, um, that's how we roll here at the Conversion yeah, Hotel. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I actually grew to like it or at least, you know, it grew an interest in, in why it's important and especially like how, how can we help clients make sense of um, actually implementing all these things or, or making sure that what they're doing is actually somewhat compliant to what what the law suggests you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and also, how can you still get the, the best out of the tools that we all love in our uh, in our industry and that has hel have helped us a lot, but not all of them are uh, as privacy friendly as um, you know we, we might want. So yeah, or should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, yeah. Um, and we had a couple of questions already in the app, so uh, I think it would make sense to go through a couple of those uh, first uh, during your sessions. Um, one of them uh, is, um, so what would be more valuable? Is it setting rules for companies or should we actually be creating more awareness by the customers? Would that have a, what, well, what would be more valuable? What would have a larger effect? It depends who for who it's more valuable. Are, are, are we talking about society in general or our industry yes, for, the, for, the greater good. for the greater good? Well, I, th I think um, parts of awareness have been done by certain supervisory authorities um, because part of the GDPR is really reinforcing these rights of the data subjects. Uh, and so where I come from, Spain, they have really pushed like crazy to say, please complain, please complain about your data processing operations. So I have templates, if you want, in Spanish uh, for everything, which is totally amazing. So incentivizing people to complain. Absolutely. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. That's what to, all companies to, want. <laughs> to, yeah. to use their rights to privacy and to ask questions to companies to say, I want to understand what you're doing with my data, um, which, is, which is one of the objectives of the GDPR. So education of, of, of users of data subjects is, I think, for society, certainly very important. I, I talk to my sister a lot. She lives in Amsterdam. She has an Android phone. She uses apps I would never download anywhere, but okay. Um, and, and we have conversations, and she realized, you know, oh, my God, Google is, is reading my emails. And you're like, yeah, of course. Uh, it's an OTT, an over-the-top service. It's not a telco, and it has no confidentiality obligations whatsoever. So what else is new, my dear sister? And she was like, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, so clearly, yeah, education and, and for people to understand what the consequences are of how they use technology. Um, because it's, it's a bit like, I compare it to cereals, boxes of cereals. Um, I don't know if you have children, Guido, but... Um, uh, one, but he's one year old. So oh, okay, it's fine. He's not able to do anything. <laughs> yeah, so he, <laughs> he's not allowed. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> but if they watch advertising, I will bet you anything that 
one of your kids will come and say, I want Cheerios, I want this, or I want that. And as a mother, you're like, no, you're not eating that, or once a week maybe, but this is not going to be your regular breakfast. And the same should happen with data. Um, do you want uh, Amazon Ring in front of your doorbell? Yes, no, it's your choice. But if you don't understand what it means or what the consequences are about, well, it would be a good idea to start doing yeah. that. And maybe you want it, but your neighbors more hesitant. Yeah, yeah, maybe you do. Well, maybe yeah. <laughs> there or are the, different things the we postal can... delivery guys. So, yeah. 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 So, so yeah, education of of um, of the public, but also understanding by by companies who want to use data for their growth, uh, because data is a new oil or whatever you want to call it, um, is is also understanding the risk, the risk of fines, the risk of having their data flows being cut by supervisory authorities, or certainly the risk of losing the trust of their customers. So recently, I bought water bottles at Amazon because it's cold in Sierra and Madrid. And uh, I'm very happy to have emails from Amazon to tell me, buy new water bottles. I have three. Thank you very much. I don't need more. And so this issue of advertising in digital is not new. This has been going on for like 15 years now. Seriously, you can't do better? Are you kidding me? It should be yeah. better. But I think it's also a little bit... Of, uh, complacency of it has been easy to just implement tags and not maintain them and just accept the fact that you place this Facebook tag or Google tag and they take care of the rest and that's how it has been and there's a big gap between marketers operating advertising technology and the people who implement that technology and the people who implement it don't care about it they just got an assignment to implement that tag once 15 years ago or something you know that's exaggerating but that's kind of what I see at companies. And there's a big gap of the people using the advertising technology or the CRO technology or whatever, and not understanding the technology, f like what they are implementing, like the tags they're implementing and what those tags are potentially also harvesting besides what they are using it for. Yeah, it's, it's also not easy because the, no, the vendors no, don't sure. make it easy. Yeah. Um, when you look at, I don't know, you know, one of the product features, um, customer audiences by Facebook. So you look all this kind of selling stuff for technologists and how you implement it. Take a look at the terms and conditions yeah. and how it's written. They don't do UX on terms and conditions. That's yeah. clear. So, um, Even if they did, people would still most people would still not read them. So that's that's also well, it's, a it's, big problem. It's difficult to find. So we're having like discussions increasingly um, about what is the responsibility of digital analysts, cross specialists, and things like that. I think if you recommend a tool, you should at least know where the terms and conditions are. Yeah. I think they should go together because it means that if you recommend a tool to a company, you say, from a technology and analytics standpoint, it does this. This is how you implement it. And then for the privacy officer, the DPO or whatever, you have the other bit, which is, and this is what it means from a legal standpoint. Who here knows where to find all the privacy uh, statements from the tools they use? <laughs> Two hands. Yeah, okay. but it's yeah. it's really difficult to find, and they change also. It's it's something yeah. you talked about the the dynamism of it and how things are evolving and changing. It's like you implement it, you Q and A test it, you have a beta version or whatever, or you have yeah. uh, test versions. But then, 
how do you make sure that moving forward, the tool has yeah. not changed, they don't, yeah. you know, integrate pixels with one another, that do yeah. something else? Even like the same pixel that you have implemented two years ago, it can contain new functionality yeah. today without you changing the code because yeah. they're loading a script yeah. from their end of the website, not from your end. So you're not in full control. So yeah. that makes it really hard. Do we have any audience questions? Dennis? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious, uh, you work at a tech company as well that sells, I think, analytics kind of software. Um, I work at one as well. And the experience is that the market is not asking for it yet. And yet as a tech company, you'd like to explain it. And the opposite response usually is, but I lose 90% of what I used to have. In our own experience, for example, the retargeting snippet now is behind consent for us yeah. on Facebook. My marketing team lost basically 90% of that retargeting audience. Yeah. We accepted it, but how difficult it is as a tool to kind of balance the loss of potential revenue, yet explaining a feature of privacy, which you hope eventually will be part of your core business, but yet not, is not there yet. I think the balance is really difficult. As a, as a smaller company, it's easier to make those decisions out of like principle, um, and like we we don't we don't do this. We're focused on privacy, so it's okay. But as a larger company, you have your targets. Yeah, yeah and I think you work for a company in the US, which yeah. is more collect more, collect more, and now only the CCPA is like. So hold on, hold on, okay, hold okay, on. Sorry. So so let let's let's step a, a, a bit back because there are different positions here and and different challenges. Uh, first of all, so I'm, I'm a DPO, Data Protection Officer, for a CDP, a customer data platform um, called MParticle out of New York. Um, as a product, we onboard first-party data and also anything you guys collect. So Google, whatever, da 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 And we allow our customers to link this to our partner data. So it's uh, Facebook, Google, uh, whatever, who we work with. Um, we act as a data processor in the sense that we act on their behalf. We don't decide why they use the data. And it means we don't have these discussions about consent. It's up to our customers to decide with the tools downstream that they use, whether they are going to ask for consent, whether they're going to use other lawful bases up to them. But it's clear in our contracts, we say it's your responsibility. Now, if you want us to help you with consent or things like that, we integrate it with um, IAB's consent framework because a big customer asked. We're not super partisans of it, but okay, it's there. Uh, we integrate it with OneTrust because it was part of it as well, and we have our own consent management. So it means that when it comes, for example, to consent, we support, but we didn't go out in, in saying it's a product feature or things like that. We did choose to do something else, and it's called OpenGDPR. It's a framework, it's open source, you can find it on GitHub, which basically takes in data subject requests from our customers in digital and passes it on through the pipelines towards our partners. They reception that and work on it, and they, we get it back and we serve that back to our customers. So this is where we positioned ourselves. We said, 
We don't decide about consents. We don't decide the lawful basis. We onboard first-party data. So it means that personal data, or you want to call it PII if you prefer, it's, it's there. We did push for certain limits. We had conversations about this because I worked for DMPs before and was like, no PII. I said, oh, so we take personal data because we're a CDP. Where is the limit? What don't we want? And this is where it gets interesting because you're an American company. And so the lawyers in America write the rules. And so the law is we don't want sensitive data. Okay? So sensitive data under US law is social security numbers, financial data, and health data. It is not union membership, racial discrimination, um, um, religious preferences, or things like that. It's not the same definition as the GDPR. So we have processes in place to say, off of our platform, the sensitive data US, and we trained our teams, our onboarding teams, to say this is sensitive data in, G in the GDPR in Europe. Anything that touches from far or close on this, you escalate. So I have an open door policy. I get questions from the C CSMs and things like that. And we make decisions based on what type of client it is, what the contracts say, how they've been redlined. We sometimes send emails back to say, could you please confirm that this is what you want? We escalate it towards certain apps to say, we think you're not compliant. Could you please make sure? And where they write back by saying, we are compliant. So I have that written. If somebody says that that company is not doing what it should, I said, I know, but they told me they would, and it's inside our contracts. So from a technology perspective, it's a balance between what kind of features do I develop? Do I decide to work on open GDPR? And this is where M particle works in 2016. And how do I hedge in terms of contracts? What's interesting now, for example, is open GDPR was used by our, our European customers and is now being opened for CCPA because it's not very different. It's just the notion of sale and things like that. But we are using the GDPR as a baseline to upgrade with potential other legislations that are coming in. So we're, we're very heavy on mobile. Um, and so we get questions like, is there any privacy legislation in Africa? You bet your ass there is privacy legislation in Africa, and they will have little details that will have to append onto the platform. And then it's a cost-benefit discussion, but we realize that everything we built in 2016, now in 2019, makes total sense for CCPA. So it's, it's betting on the future to see, okay, how far does it go? Obviously, if I ask for features that are extremely expensive, the CTO is going to smile and say, I love you very much already, but no. We also had another question. Um, I think uh, Ricky might be able to answer. Um, you're a CRO specialist working at a company, and uh, you, you've been uh, deep diving in this uh, a bit more. Um, but if my boss doesn't really care about privacy, <laughs> if my clients don't really care, why should I care? Um, yeah, besides... Uh, why were you incentivized to do this? I think besides besides your own like moral compass, like as long as you're yeah. you're good with what you're doing, I guess um, you know you yeah you could do whatever and you can bypass all 
current technologies, ITP, ad blockers, like for everything, there is a potential solution to track anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then I think, like she already mentioned, like then it becomes a risk reward kind of thing. Like if, you know, if you are comfortable with the risk uh, you're taking of not complying with a law potentially, then for sure you can, you can bypass ad blockers, you can extend cookie lifetime past what ITP is doing. You can bypass what Firefox is trying to do. For sure, there, there are solutions to all of those. I think uh, the question was partially, I think that's that's how I read it. Like, okay, if, if no one, if my boss doesn't care, my client doesn't care, would I be personally responsible for this? Is, is it, I mean... <laughs> Not a lawyer, don't play one on the internet, <laughs> so I have no idea. Like, if you, perhaps if you as a consultant do that, probably the company is still at yeah. fault. Like, the company who hires you to do it, they make the decision exactly. to do it. Yeah. But for future reference, if you do that and, and they get caught and, you know, they get a fine because of you, then maybe your future consulting services <laughs> might might <laughs> get some damage from that. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting because it 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 um, it it touches upon um, criminal liability. Basically, you as an individual, yeah. um, which is where we're not. We're not. We're talking about liability of a company, and they could get fined and things like that. The only person I hear about where there's a discussion around criminal criminal liability is Alexander Nix. Oh yeah. And seriously, these discussions are not going away. Um, so he might like be a pretender to p- potential legislation coming up, yeah. which but it's not it's not there, and it won't be for the next year or yeah. more. So. Depends on your level of influence in the company and the decisions that are made there. No, it's it's never for the moment. These fines are company related. They will not never be about an individual. So the answer is you're safe. <laughs> Go do it. Yeah. Go a brand <laughs> reputation, as as you highlighted, brand reputation is something. Yeah, else. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I do think like that's something to think about, right? If you yeah, if yeah. you go full black hat, like in the SEO world, there are also black hat people mm-hmm. who are, well, yeah, they have a certain reputation, and if if that's how you want to make your money, then that's up to you. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the interesting thing is also I I don't know what your background is, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, Me neither. No, okay. <laughs> and it, it means that we're less, um, I think we're less skiddy about giving advice and putting ourselves out there. The lawyers are very much, you know, and here's a disclaimer. Well, I work with a lot of American lawyers, but you're like, come on, guys. It doesn't could, help. Yeah, yeah. Can we please move forward? Yeah. And I do understand their liability, but, you know, we need to have straightforward conversations yeah. about I do it. think that's an important point, though. Like, I help a lot of companies who try to become like compliant. So a lot of things have to do with the cookie banner. Uh, and then the first question they ask me is, you know, what, how should we configure it? And then I'm also hesitant to give like a definitive advice. I'm like, okay, th- these are websites that are comparable to you that have it configured and this is how they configured it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to say you have to have the marketing thing on or out or, you know, think about it, decide for yourself. I can help you configure it and make it all work and actually make all your scripts listen to the cookie banner, which most websites don't do. They just put up yep. a yes. cookie banner and they just fire all cookies without you giving consent. But yeah, what the choice that you're going to make in that, yeah, that's, yeah. I think yeah. in, in the end, the company should should invest in that and make and make that decision. Yeah, okay. that's, this is where my position as ZPO um, facing the CMO was pretty easy. It was like, the conversation started very simple. It's like, I'm your DPO. I do not want any tracking tools. I suppose you want everything. So now let's have a conversation and find the middle ground in yeah. terms of risk. 
So, but I started there. It's like, I don't want anything on the website. No. That's what we want to hear, zero specialists, right? <laughs> no tracking. Um, <laughs> uh, any questions? Uh, we have this legislation in place quite some time now, uh, but we don't really see effects of it. In the sense that if you look at the top 20 of Dutch websites, everywhere you see cookie batters which are not compliant, very clearly. Uh -huh. Do you know why no yes. action is taken? Or? Yes, I do know. Do you want the answer? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the GDPR came into force um, in, in May 2018. Um, uh, but there's another piece of legislation you might have heard about. It's called e-privacy, uh, which is currently a directive and is continuously in discussions to be a regulation. Uh, the Finnish presidency talked about it yesterday again. Um, so we'll have to see when this comes out. Um, the specificity of e-privacy is that it touches upon any kind of um, inference there would be with a device that you own. So placing a cookie, a pixel, or a tracker, or whatever on your mobile phone, your desktop, your nest, your whatever you want. What I'm currently also seeing is that um, a lot of these technologies that used to be cookie-based are less cookie-based. There's lots of server-to-server connections going on. And so one of the questions is also, would that mean that if I do that server-to-server, -server, would um, e-privacy apply or would the GDPR apply? And so as long as we're not out of the woods of e-privacy, I think there won't be a lot of enforcement when it comes to digital for the moment. There have just been two fines in Spain, like four or five years ago, not much. And to be honest, as, as, as Rick said as well, the technology is not really ready. Huh? Um, the links far from. between, yeah, far from. The links between uh, the consent management tools um, and then the fact that these trackers are tr triggered and things like that. What also worries me is this entire discussion about consent. It's kind of driving me nuts. Um, and I suppose you guys as well, so I'm not the only one. Because when you think about it, it's just the start of the journey of a prospect customer. Then what happens? It becomes part of a CRM type of system. It enters something else. So now we're just focusing on that little bit in the beginning, and we're not even looking at the data flows afterwards. And it's also about the data flows afterwards. So once e-privacy becomes a regulation where we will have ideally confidentiality of communications and possibly just consent if you drop something on the device, then we'll also have to tackle not only the interoperability between those little bits and pieces, but everything that goes behind. So there's a lot of work to be done, certainly. And there's, a, there's a nice website, actually. Uh, it's uh, enforcementtracker.com. Yep. Uh, you can see the fines that are um, being handed out, um, and they definitely get higher and higher and more and more. Yeah. Yep. Uh, specifically for Spain, I was just looking. That we now have 16 fines in Spain, uh, ranging from 900 euros <laughs> uh, to 250,000 euros. So there's quite some. Um, so you you might use that as a resource, saying, okay. Uh, what are my competitors or is someone being fined in my industry? If not, then I can just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, uh, another um, interesting um, source is also, for example, the European Data Protection Board. Um, they publish their plenary sessions and, and th what they're going to talk about um, every month or something like that. So mm. 
they focus on kids or there's a focus on dating apps or things like that. For us, it drives also, you know, awareness within the company to say, let's take a look at our client list and make sure that we're on the right track. But to your point, there has been some activity in the Netherlands, like uh, I think three months ago or something, a lot of the Dutch big publishing houses all got letters from uh, the Autoriteit Persoonsgevers about cookie walls being not not sufficient, not, not working combined. at all or not yeah. implemented the, the correct way. So there is, well, at least there is some activity, but um, yeah, that seems to be it so far. Hmm. Do we have a final question from the audience? Yeah, I do have one question. How do you guys personally feel about um, data collection? So I can imagine on the one hand, we have marketers who are very enthusiastic about all the innovative stuff that we can do. On the other hand, we have, for example, Amnesty, who this week released a report saying uh, Facebook and Google are violating our human rights. But how do you guys personally feel about that? Okay, I have a straightforward answer. So I love data by default. Um, and I read this article, um, and I would call it potty data in The Guardian, about the fact that us women, we queue in toilets a lot. Um, and so I don't have a Fitbit or a fitness tracker, but I would love to have a way to tell Apple, for example, that once again I am queuing in the toilets because I am at the theater or things like that. So I think data is interesting to optimize our lives. I don't have a lot of choices about this, and this drives me nuts. Um, so there's a lot of stuff I don't do. There won't be uh, Alexa in my home. There won't be uh, uh, um, Amazon Ring or things like that. But if I see the use of it, I will. I think you also can get addicted to data, and I think that's dangerous. So we should also educate people about that. Maybe I'm not getting this because I'm a man, but you want to tell Apple that you're queuing for the toilet. Because us women, we spend a lot of time queuing in the toilets because we spend a lot more time in the toilets and usually there's the same amount of toilets for men and women at any kind of events. Oh, that's what you want to use the data for. So yes. Ah, so okay. I want to Got surface it. that problem, this kind of discrimination against women when you have a very busy life between your kids, your work and your career. I don't think they need data for They can just look at the lines and then... They don't need to. That's also data. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But you don't need your phone, pers you don't need personal. True. Need personal. You can just have a um, footfall meter. I don't know what the English word is. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is there are standards in the UK. So there was an article about yeah. potty data. Seriously, it, is, um, it exists. There are standards in the UK that actually push architects to think about more cubicles for women. But nobody follows the standards. Can you imagine that? You know, be a woman for like two weeks and we'll have a conversation. They don't follow the standards. They don't follow the body standards. The architectural standards. Yeah. That's, that's shitty. Oh. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we're out of time. We're going to go to the next session uh, in 10 minutes, uh, which will be uh, Guy. You all seen Guy uh, already, uh, co-founder, CEO, uh, and uh, Telemise. And we'll have uh, Niels Reimer. Um, uh, co-owner and data consultant at the data story um, we're going to talk about uh, personalization and uh, so I uh, hope to see you there and uh, again uh, prepare your questions <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.